Hello, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., as in fellowship, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Tuesday, December 29th, 2020, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in Chapter 2. There is a solution on page 25, paragraph 2. We will be reading and commenting on that second paragraph only on page 25, which begins with, the great fact is just this, and ends with, which we would could never do by ourselves. Today's readers are Jennifer H., Sam S., Crystal P., Katie G., and that's it for today, actually. This meeting is being recorded, and the recording share ID numbers for yesterday, Monday, December 28, 2020, are 16,080 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. That's 16080. And 16,081 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. That's 16081. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jennifer H. to read the OA-12 step. Good morning. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Six, we're entirely ready to remove all these defects of character, humbly asked Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make, to make amends to them all. 
9. Made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you, Jennifer H. from Virginia. I will now ask Sam S. to read the OA 12 Traditions. Good morning. Thank you for leading, Rebecca. Nice to serve with you this month. Same as Compulsive Overeater, Rhode Island. <clears throat> One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks, Pat. Thank you, Sam S. from Rhode Island. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. 
in order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book and we will be reading and commenting on the second paragraph on page 25. The great fact is just this through which we could never do by ourselves. I will now ask Crystal P to go ahead and read that for us. Good morning. The great fact is just this and nothing else, that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences which have revolutionized our whole attitude towards life, towards our fellows, and towards God's universe. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for which, um, for, for us, which we could never do by ourselves. Good morning. This is uh, Crystal P., Compulsive Overeater from Toronto, Canada. Uh, and when I read this paragraph, what I see here is this is the prescription to my problem. This is the exact solution that I must apply if I want to survive. And um, what this shows me is that, you know, if, if food was my problem, then this line would read, the great fact is this and nothing else, that we have changed our food plan and from then on I've lost the weight and um, and our lives have changed accordingly, you know. But uh, my problem isn't the food. My problem is much deeper. My problem is at the root of my being. Uh, I looked at the word revolutionized and it says it's a radical change. And radical, um, I, I, I learned, means at the root, a change that has to happen at the root, something that completely rearranges every basic and foundational belief that I have, um, and it can never go back again. And it changes how I think, act, you know, decide, how I even just react to life unconsciously. For me, I've, I've lost over 100 pounds in program. My, my dad doesn't recognize me when he bumps into me in, at places. And still, while I'm very, very grateful for that physical recovery, that is the smallest and most inconsequential change that has happened to me in this program because my roots have changed. And when I thought about, you know, what, what were my roots before when I was in the disease, the basic root of my life was myself. Everything that happened in the world was about me. I have to protect me. I am capable of re- rearranging the world, the past, the future, my entire purpose of life was to get me what I wanted and everything had to be exactly right so that nobody makes a mistake so that I can be okay. But today, everything has changed. I've changed so deeply on the inside. I have a new root. The central root of my life is now God. And because of that, I am just a tiny part of a large universe, a huge story. Uh, God protects me and I am already protected by, in everything. Um, And everything in the past, future, present is all exactly the way that it's supposed to be. My purpose is not for me. My purpose is to use every gift that I have to be helpful to others. And God can bring about great good from even my, the worst mistakes I've made. That is a radical, radical different way of looking at life. Um, And it has changed everything. It has changed every single relationship I have. It has changed Relationships that I thought were like set in stone, like there's no way this, this relationship could be fixed. It's changed behavior patterns of mine that I believe were just part of my personality, but they weren't. It's changed things that I had that were fears and phobias that I thought, you know, uh, were just how I was going to live for the rest of my life. Those have all changed now because my roots have changed. And the best part is this is a miraculous change. It's not something that I can bring about myself. I couldn't pretend, I couldn't even 
act this way with the new root, even if I wanted to, because I have no idea what that looks like. You know, I don't even know how to pretend to be like this, like a selfless person. This, I have to just receive it. But my prescription is that I need to be completely changed on the inside because the person that I used to be didn't work. The person that I used to be only knew how to use food to survive. And the person that I am today can face life the way that life is, knowing that I'm not alone and that God is with me in every single moment, in every single challenge. And I'm so grateful um, for, for that. Thank you for letting me share it, Pa. Thank you, Crystal T. from Toronto, Canada. Now, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you haven't shared on a vision for you, on an a vision for you meeting this past Friday or Monday and would like to share on the second paragraph on page 25 in the big book, the great fact is just this, through, which we could never do by ourselves, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Gloria from South Florida. Gloria. Tina S. Barbara. Barbara. Okay. Lisa B. Um, let's see here. Let me tell you who I heard, and and you can tell me if I didn't hear you. Uh, Gloria, <clears throat> Tina S, Barbara E, Harlan G, and Lisa B, I believe. Beverly R. Beverly R. Phil M. Is it Sue M? Reva P. <laughs> Phil, short for Philomena. Oh, Phil. Phil, right. Reva P. Thanks. Let me change Sue to Phil. Just give me a minute here. Okay. Was there someone else who spoke up who I missed? Christina J. Okay, wait. I got Christina J, but I didn't hear the person after. Adriana T. Adriana T. Was it someone else, though, that sounded more like Jenna, or was it Adriana? Maybe that was the same person. Okay. I have Gloria, Tina, Barbara, Harlan, Lisa, Beverly, Phil, Reva, Christina, and Adriana. Gloria, please go right ahead with the first initial of your last name. Hi. This is Gloria Kay from South Florida. Um, when I entered the rooms of OA in a bit, well, 1987, I I didn't know, I thought I was going to lose weight. That's what I thought. I was going to, you know, get this diet and, or whatever. But I had no idea that I would have the relationship that I have with God today. And I thank you all uh, for being here on, on the line because it just reinforces everything that, um, everything that I've been studying for the last, 30, almost 34 years. So thank you all. Thank you, Gloria Kay from South Florida. Tina S. Thanks so much, Rebecca. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. Uh, 
Uh, you know, I, I say this every time I, I start my share. What a great paragraph. You know, I'm, I am a big fan of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And, uh, you know, and I really loved the, the lead uh, share. It was wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And I could relate to everything she spoke about. You know, and it says the great fact, something that is indisputable. This is it, you know, the great fact. You know, if I do certain things, this will definitely happen for me. And I have to remember that. If I do certain things, you know, that we have a deep and effective, something that works, spiritual experience, you know, above human, you know, in the soul, you know, and has revolutionized. And I like that it talks about a radical change, you know, because they told me when I got here that the same person will eat again. You know, so there has, I have to have a change, you know, a 180 that has come about for me, you know, through me, by God, okay, that I am no longer that same person, you know. And my whole attitude toward life has changed and toward our fellows, you know. And, and it says the central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty, you know, ultimate truth that our Creator has entered our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. You know, and this doesn't happen if I'm not open and willing for it to happen, you know, because I came here and said, okay, let's, let's do this thing, you know, as I'm heading the pack, you know, and it didn't work, bottom line, it did not work, you know, and it tells me that, you know, God, he, has, he commences to accomplish those things for us, which we could never do by ourselves. I always tried to live this life on my own, you know, my record, my track record is indisputable that it did not work. You know, so today, you know, and I was also told if I want something different, I have to do something different. You know, I could want it all I want, but I have to put, you know, my my wants and needs into action. You know, I have to take the action to have stuff happen for me today. And, you know, and that's not something I was willing to do when I got here, you know, but it was something I did over time because back against the wall, you know, nothing changes. If nothing changes, then I take the smallest step forward and I let God do for me what I cannot do for myself. And it's a wonderful life that I live today through that. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina S. from Florida. Barbara E., Good morning, everyone. Oh, let me just clear and set my timer, if I can do that. Okay. Um, thank you for waiting. I'm not too good with that either. Some, somehow I've gone through life thinking I did not need to follow any guidelines. I got the idea that special circumstances placed me above the rules. Uh, Somehow I got the idea that they placed me above the rules, as I said. So I always looked for shortcuts and rebelled against, oh, that was Tina's, and rebelled against the tedium of discipline. Considering myself exceptional, I decided to make my own guidelines. These were usually based on doing what I felt like when I felt like it. When we each get to program, we, we may spend a short or a long time experimenting with the program, adjusting it to suit ourselves. Sooner or later, I know I discovered that my adjustments did not work. The program works provided I follow the rules and work it as it is, not as I might like it to be. 
So once I accepted the rules at a gut level, they led me out of negative restraint into positive freedom. By following a few simple guidelines, we all can become free from slavery to compulsive overeating and self-confusion. I grow in the direction of the choices I make. That growth depends as much on the decisions on which one I, ones I make as well. Often in the past, I tried to model myself after someone I heard at a meeting and admired. My self-confidence was poor, so I depended on others to let me know if my decisions were correct, or I modeled my decisions on how I thought others would, would, would decide. Now I see that I can never become exactly like someone else, and I don't even have to try. To each of us, God gives a creative task and a problem to take our special abilities and limitations and become a whole person. We use standards for our choices based on our best ideas of right and wrong, of what fits with our inner feelings and what our higher power is guiding us towards. Unfinished and imperfect as I am, I have become more peaceful and more fully authentic. I ask my higher power to guide me to be true to myself in the choices I make so that I may truly become the person who cares for others and finally feels that my higher power has entered into my heart and changed me in ways I could never do on my own. And frankly, I never want to become that woman with 12 sizes in her closet and was miserable and hopeless. I now know I'm not in charge. I'm not an authority of anything. I'm an imperfect person just trying to be better and to turn all situations over to my higher power into the loving hands of God and just let go. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. from New Jersey. Harlan G. Thank you, Rebecca. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. I love this paragraph. I say that all the time, but I really do love this paragraph. Uh, the paragraph is adorable to me because what it is saying to me is that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences. Now, I've never had a spiritual experience I've had a spiritual awakening, and the difference being an experience is very fast, and a spiritual awakening is slow and develops over time. But the rest of it is just playing my music, it says, which have revolutionized our whole attitude toward life, toward our fellows, and toward God's universe. What is my attitude toward life today that is so different from the way I looked at life before? Well, at a basic level, this is the difference. I wanted to die. I didn't see any point to life. I was in the food. I knew that I couldn't live in the food. I knew that I couldn't live without the food. So what was the point? Was I put here to be the butt of jokes? Was I put here to be a, a cautionary tale that if you eat too much, you'll end up like Harlan? If you end up like Harlan, you're going to have a miserable life. There was nothing about my life that was at all enviable. There was nothing about my life that worked. Everything I put my hands to failed. 
when I put my hand in God's and God took my hand and when I walked to him, he ran to me. And he definitely lives in a way which is indeed miraculous in my heart. He is a living God. And what can a living God do for me that a, that an, that a dead God can't? A living God can grow, adapt, and change as my life changes, my, my ways of looking at God, the, the, the higher power that I have in my heart have changed over time because my life changes. I am in deep gratitude today. This is December the 29th, and on December the 29th, 1998, I successfully prayed to God for the one millionth time to please help me. And on December the 29th, 1998, I was free of the compulsion to eat, and I have not compulsively overeaten in the 22 years that have uh, come about as the result of this program. This program has saved my life. It has resurrected my life. It has given me whatever life I have had, and I want to live today. I see purpose to life today. If you are struggling, go to the end of the second meeting when, we, when they announce sponsors. Take somebody's hand. Let them guide you. This is the greatest way of life imaginable. There is hope for anybody listening to my voice, whether it's on podcast or whether you are listening right now. If you are struggling, if you're on that struggle bus, please don't quit five minutes before the miracle. If I can recover and I was over 700 pounds at one time, I was 500 pounds as a senior, as a sophomore in college, 335 pounds as a senior in high school. If I can recover, so can you. This program works. Page 88, it works if you work it. Follow our path. You will not fail. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan G. Lisa B. Oh, thank you, Rebecca. Good morning. My name is Lisa, Lisa B. Lisa. I'm Lisa, I'm so sorry to interrupt. I forgot to say Harlan is from Scottsdale, Arizona. Sorry about that. Go right ahead, Lisa. Oh, no, thank you. No problem. Thank you so much. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. This is such a powerful paragraph. It's one of my favorites. And what jumps out for me is it says we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences. I don't do this alone. It's we. You know, when I came into the rooms, um, I have had some spiritual experiences. And I was really comfortable with just kind of sitting off by myself and journaling letters to God and um, doing that, you know, and praying and meditating. And I've learned in this program that it's a we program. I compulsively eat. We get recovered together. And the other thing I love is it says, um, it is indeed miraculous. This is a miraculous program. It's not magical. It is miraculous. And there's a paragraph in the chapter, Working with Others, that has a line. It says here, um, to be vital, faith must be accompanied by self-sacrifice and unselfish constructive action. That, that was so important for me because I kept coming in here thinking about my spiritual experiences I had for prior. 
but I, I did not really understand about unselfish, constructive action. I didn't really understand that I meet my higher power in each of you when I share my inventories and when I work with others. Um, the other thing I wanted to share is about creator entering my heart and living in, in a way which is indeed miraculous. You know, the thing that happened for me is that the light was turned on and I asked that my higher power go out and live through me and go before me. I didn't have the ability to do that before because I was so cluttered by my need to have the food and my resentments and my fears. And by continuing to walk with you guys together, that's how this miraculous thing happened. I didn't make it happen. It happened as a result of going through the steps. And, you know, I sometimes want to hide out and, and not share my fears and insecurities and hurts. But I share it with all of you and your higher, my higher power I hear through all of you. So we do this together. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. That's L-E-S-A from Greenville, South Carolina. Um, Beverly R., but before you start sharing, Beverly, I just want to remind you, if you got on late or can't remember where we are, that we're on the second paragraph on page 25 in the big book. The great fact is just this through which we could never do by ourselves. Thanks for waiting, Beverly R. Go right ahead. Beverly R. Hmm. Okay, I'll I'll try Beverly um, again later. Phil M., are you there? I am indeed. Thank you so much for calling me. Um, I'm Phil. I'm a gratefully recovered compulsive reader from Northern Ireland. Hello, um, this is Beverly R. I thought I was being heard. Hi, Beverly. Um, oh, dear. It's Phil, fine. do you mind you can go uh, holding ahead. off? Okay, thanks. I can go ahead, off. Beverly R. Thank you. Sorry about that. Can you hear me now? Yes, Beverly, it's your okay. turn. And let us know where you're from, Beverly. Um, it's Beverly R. from Gaithersburg, Maryland. Okay, go right ahead, Beverly And R. I just wanted to say, share briefly that I've had a number of spiritual experiences. I think I've had a spiritual awakening, but many times it has been lost in the clamor and tumult and um, usually coming from my own mind. And this is what I wanted to share, that I I am a Christian and my higher power is God. And I say to myself, "Dear, dear God, I place my hand in yours and close my eyes and say, Father, lead me. I place my hand in yours and close my eyes and say, Father, lead me. And that's all I want to say now. Again, it's Beverly R. from Gaithersburg, Maryland. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Beverly R. from Maryland. I'm not quite catching the town, but we got you in Maryland. Bill M., thanks for um, your graciousness 
with all this. <laughs> no problem at all. Thank you so much for your service and everyone here. And it was lovely to hear Beverly and everybody else. A huge honour. I'm Phil. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Northern Ireland and uh, very privileged to be here. Um, I really didn't get this. I've been in programme uh, almost nine years and I did not get that this was the point. And it has been amazing to to discover this. Um, I heard so often in the rooms that abstinence is the most important thing uh, in my life, bar nothing. But to hold on to abstinence is a really shaky thing to be holding on to because we, you know, it can come and it can go. Um, but if we have a higher power to hold on to, the higher power will not come, will not go, is there constantly um, to help us in every moment. Um, the great fact for us is this and nothing less, that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences which have revolutionized our whole attitude toward our fellows and toward God's universe. That is so powerful and in a way that is miraculous. Um, and I'm learning to grow and it's wonderful that it's a daily adventure, you know, that things change. I'm certainly beginning to experience my life as more of a flow. Uh, one of my names for my higher power is flow. And I recognize now through, through different meditation practices that I can be going through my day with tense muscles. And I know too now that I can ease my muscles in my arms, I experience it a lot. So, and there's less leaning into the next moment. I try to remember regularly to plant my feet on the ground and to breathe, coming into the present moment, not worrying about what the future holds or being shamed about how I was in the past. I did, like everybody else does, I'm, I'm sure, did my best with what I had and what my understanding was. The programme and working it is helping me to accept myself as I am right here, right now, and to accept how I was and what I did. Was I perfect? No. Am I perfect? No. Will I ever be perfect? No. And I've recently realised that I won't even be perfect in the next life. Because perfection resides in the sum total of everything and everyone. And I'm getting these daily daily insights. Um, well, you know, the regular insights through meditation and connection with my heart power. She, he, and with my fellows and with my family who this year, thank God, were able to spend Christmas with me. And it flowed, you know, three of us were working in the kitchen and it flowed and I tried to point to micromanage and then I realised, whoops, just, just shut up, let it be. And they did brilliantly. So um, great gift in this programme for me is Step 10 Train and I love it and I love you all. Thank you so much. With that, I pass. Thank you, Phil M. from Northern Ireland. Reva P. Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. This page for me, I was told, is the page of hope. Because until now, it's telling me how doomed I am, how no matter how smart I am, no matter how willful I am, I cannot lick this thing if I am a real compulsive overeater 
and that I not only have an allergy of the body, but I have this mental twist that only a power greater than myself can come in um, and help with. Um, And I love the fact, you know, Bill knows how I think because I'm thinking, what? Spiritual solution? Are you kidding? Can't I just get the food in order, get out there and get on with my life? And he said, no, I need a spiritual solution. I need power. And he says the, the word fact three times in one paragraph. The great fact, the central fact, the absolute certainty. So when I say, are you sure? Is this really going to work? It's like, yes, yes, yes. Absolutely, positively, this is the truth. I thought the truth was I was doomed. I needed to do it myself. Um, I have to handle this. I have to try harder. It's never going to work out. All my old beliefs, all the negativity, I thought that was the truth, but he's telling me no. The truth is I can have a total transformation in my thinking that will totally transform my life experience. And I love how he says deep and effective because a lot of people over the years, I've heard people share about deep spiritual experiences, but it didn't change their physical problem. It didn't change their life. It has to be effective. It has to be effective so that the food is in a neutral place and I get to live peacefully. Um, that's, That's effective. And the thing that is striking me the most today, I have had a real challenging couple of weeks and yesterday another challenge happened and he has commenced to accomplish things for me which I could never do by myself. I am dealing with quite serious things um, for myself and yesterday with my daughter um, and I am walking through it. I am not doing a face plant in the fridge. Is this me? No. No. This is about doing the footwork, keeping the food down, and accessing power that does for me what I cannot do for myself, changing my mind, changing my attitude, and getting into my heart. God is entering into my heart to really trust I am okay, I will be okay, those I love will be okay, Um, and that is miraculous, and it ain't magic. I got to do the work. With that, I pass. Reva, you're from Montreal, Canada, correct? She probably muted. I'm pretty sure. Reva P. from Montreal, Canada. Thank you. Christina J. Good morning, everyone. Christina J. from the state of Washington here this morning. You know, I'm pretty new in the recovered state. Um, I only have about five and a half months, and that's pretty new. Um, Although I've been in in the vision meeting since 2014, early 2014, and just, you know, going back and forth and back and forth. And um, recently, you know, that start of my true neutrality around step, that happened around step one, has been doing something to me. And, you know, I ran my life on autopilot numb. I mean, I was, I learned that skill early as a kid. Too many heavy things going around me. It was autopilot numb, baby. That's how I survived. And that was a good tool for then, but it's not a good tool for now. And it has not served me well. Uh, I have lived in, I've lived in deep fear about not being good enough, about trying to climb the ladder and being knocked down and what's wrong with me. 
and judgments and opinions, and if someone was getting ahead of me, boy, I was going to be judgmental and find something wrong with them to make myself feel better. And, you know, when I started my um, fourth step work this last round with my sponsor, she told me, you know, these jealousies, these insecurities, these fears, these high and mighty opinions of yourself, um, you can't control those. It's just like the food. You can't control those. And I was shocked to hear that, and I was so relieved. I was like, I can't seem to get rid of this jealousy, all this stuff. But um, she said, you can't control those. God has to take those away, and um, by working the steps, they'll dissipate. And today, um, I'm, I'm shocked. I mean, the autopilot numb is lifting, and I'm beginning to see that I'm changing on deep levels that I never knew before. It reminds me of that paragraph, and I looked it up this morning, page 14. Uh, it's in Bill's story, and the doctor's saying to, the, to Bill, something has happened to you. I don't understand, but you better hang on to it. Anything is better than the way you were. And that's for me. Something's happened to me I don't understand, but I better hang on to it. And how do I do it with this program? Um, in this paragraph, um, I've had many spiritual awakenings, and I've had a few spiritual experiences, but this I loved what someone said. It's just a constant, continual awakening, and it's okay. And, you know, I can't learn everything at once. Oh, my God, God hitting me with everything would just knock me down into bed, maybe with a a bag of chips and cookies and all that. But God is gracious, and he's kind, and he challenges me, and I'm so grateful. He keeps showing me where I'm still holding things with little challenges that are painful. But what do I got to handle with those challenges? I've got these steps and these tools. And um, my creator is in my heart. And if I don't connect with that daily, I mean, what happens when you don't connect with your, with your lover daily, with your, with your partner, with your friends? Those things fade back. And um, I've got to work this relationship with God. It's my insurance to hold on to this change that's happening in me. And, you know, it's nothing like a big, giant uh, explosion going off. This beautiful experience is is like just gentle, moves along like a gentle stream. Sometimes it rushes like a river, but most of the time it's pretty it's pretty neutral. Uh, I'm neutral around the food, and I'm pretty neutral around these giant emotions that come up. I, I have tools and steps to work them. So God's accomplishing for me things I could never do for myself. I surrender all to him today, and I can tell you that no matter how long it takes you to get here, it's worth keep keep on trudging because you'll get there, and this miracle of grace will happen one day. And thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Christina J. Adriana T., and then we'll take some more names. Oh, Christina J. was from the state of Washington. (laughs) Adriana T., are you there? She had to wait so long for her turn. This is Adriana T. Sorry about that. I thought I was unmuted. (laughs) Hi, this is Adriana T. Thank you. Um, I'm from Michigan. And uh, what this paragraph really brought up for me was um, my whole life I really was kind of like a spiritual seeker and seeking God. But um, I didn't know that I wasn't, you know, the normal person, um, that I had this disease that, Um, was blocking me off from God. You know, I didn't get that. I didn't know program then. Um, 
And uh, I was thinking about a time where I was a missionary for a year and would spend, you know, hours in prayer, whether it was the rosary, mass, um, an hour of meditation, spiritual direction, all kind of things that you think would um, enrich someone's spiritual life. Um, But many times I went to the chapel with a full belly and a head full of resentments and uh, wondered why I couldn't connect with God. And uh, it really wasn't until this program that I learned that the spiritual life isn't just about sitting there waiting on God um, and, you know, doing these seemingly spiritual or religious acts. It was, you know, more about the spiritual action. Um, You know, I had to take certain steps. I had to take these steps in this program outlined in the big book. And um, because I couldn't be unblocked, I had cut myself off from God and my addiction to food and compulsive eating. And um, I didn't realize that then. And so it's pretty miraculous now to kind of be the least religious I've ever been in my life, but the most spiritual and connected to God that I've ever been. Um, I was just thinking this morning how I look forward to the time in the morning that I give to God where before it would have been like, oh, I don't want to get up. I can't get up. I don't want to go to church. You know, like it was hard to do those things. And I didn't realize it was obviously because the food was, you know, blocking me. And like I said, my resentments and, um, you know, selfishness and me was in the way. So, um, you know, it really took me uh, taking certain steps and um, taking those actions and being willing to let go of these things that were in the way. And um, God just kind of flowed in. And so uh, that's kind of the beautiful part of it. Um, And I'm grateful that I've had this opportunity and I'm, you know, I've been exposed to the 12 steps. Um, I oftentimes, uh, think about how grateful I am for that because there's so many people out there suffering that are looking for a solution and looking in all the wrong places like I was. So uh, that's all I got. Thank you for being here, everyone. Thank you, Adriana T. from Michigan. Uh, So we have time for three more people who haven't shared on vision on this past Uh, Friday or Monday and would like to share on the second paragraph on page 25 the great fact is just this and who might those be? I'd like to share my name is Larry from the UK I I heard an Angela I heard (laughs) thank you I Mm -hmm. think so Larry Larry G did I hear a second Larry were there two Larry you did yeah. Okay, so that's Irene all we got. I'm sorry, we only have time for the three who I wrote down. So that would be Angela, you'll give us your last initial and where you're from, Larry G and Larry K. Angela, go right ahead. Angela, we don't hear you. Star one to unmute. I know you're there, Angela, but we don't hear you. 
Okay. Let's go with Larry G, and we'll try Angela after that. Larry G. Uh, <clears throat> thank you. My name is uh, Larry G, and I'm from Northern California. And uh, thank you for your service, all of you today, for your service. Oh, wow. I've um, been in OA a long time, and I have had spiritual experiences as defined um, in the back of the big book um, in Over Years Anonymous, but never a spiritual awakening. I had a spiritual awakening when I walked through the doors of Alcoholics Anonymous in 1981. Um, I was just, it was sudden, it was dramatic, it was revolutionary, and I was a changed man when I walked through that door. Um, but never had that experience in a way. Um, I knew it was possible. But I never had that experience, but I did on May 17th, uh, the day I joined Visions. Um, and there is a word that gets lost in this paragraph. It's miraculous. Miraculous is defined as um, occurring through divine or supernatural intervention or manifesting such power. And, um, and one of the, one of the, uh, physical results of this miracle, miraculous event, uh, is that my relationship with my youngest daughter was healed on Christmas. Uh, we have been at odds for more than a couple of years. She's in um, AA. She's got eight years sober. And um, because of my neediness and my pathetic uh, <clears throat> void that could not be filled um, with love or anything, um, I leaned on her and put too, many, too much demands upon her. And we'll find out later on and when we get to step three how uh, people retaliate. Um, and so that relationship was healed. And I believe it was a result of my brain defogging. Uh, I have uh, abstained from my alcoholic foods. But more importantly, I had this uh, spiritual experience on Christmas that uh, more important, I always thought that was the juice. If I could just abstain from my alcoholic foods, that would be just delightful. That would be the mir miraculous uh, gift. But really the miraculous gift is I have, I'm no longer obsessing over food, period. Food is in its proper place, uh, no longer my God. And um, I think as a consequence of that, I, I was able to have a very vulnerable and intimate conversation with my youngest daughter who I love more than life itself. And it was, um, that, that relationship was healed. And I, and I, I believe it's because of the fact that I have experienced this miraculous gift of recovery. Um, and those of you who are suffering, who think it's beyond your grasp, it's not, um, it requires complete surrender. Um, and to uh, smash the idea that you are can eat differently. Thank you so much. I pass. Thank you so much, Larry G. from Northern California. Angela, we couldn't hear you before. Are you available now? Hmm. 
Okay, I should have taken one more name when people were giving them to me because Larry Kay, it's your turn, and we may need another person to fill in for Angela. Larry Kay, go ahead. Okay, what an honor to speak after the Larry. Uh, with, uh, speak after Larry. I pre Larry Mullen Curley, right? So I'm one of those. Um, uh, so grateful for all the lovely shares um, this morning. You know, I was thinking uh, some really hit me. You know, when Harlan spoke about, you know, th th this is the most miraculous way of life. It's just a beautiful way of life. You know, and I, I guess I'm also reminded, I, you know, for me, I only have two bits of evidence, really two, two strong bits of evidence that I had su some change. I, I, I don't know that I had, a you know, a, a complete transformation. I, I, I think there's, you know, some myths about that, it seems to me. At least there was for me you know, that I would be moved from this highly imperfect place to some state of perfection, you know, where I wouldn't be troubled by other things. I wouldn't be susceptible to human things, you know. And, um, you know, and, and, and for me, the two bits of evidence, one is that, that at some point the, the obsession to binge eat that was so strong that I was so tethered to, I, I couldn't even imagine uh, that being lifted, like others have spoken, like Harlan talked about in 98, that was lifted for me. It, it still boggles my mind. I, I'm not sure how it happened. I think it was because I worked the 12 steps um, as only every other human being on this line is capable of working it imperfectly. There's not a person on this line that got here on a winning streak. There's not a person on this line, and I'm leading the charts here. I'm looking at me that that um, that is perfect. I, I'm flawed in so many ways, you know, and I'm still flawed. And you know, guess what? I will forever be flawed. And I think um, what comes to mind for me is um, this notion of that I've heard this theme of perfectionism. You know, I think that really, really um, harms us. This perfectionism, these unreal, unrealistic goals that we think of what this spiritual awakening will look like, what it'll be. You know, we all have flaws and we all have fears and we all make mistakes and that's perfectly okay. And it's our imperfections that make life interesting. You know, it's they help us to grow into stronger, more resilient people. I know when someone has, is still, you know, a work in progress, we're all a work in progress, but I know when I still have a lot of work to do when I'm trying to catch people doing something wrong and I'm the judge, and I'm the jury, and I'm the executioner, I get a vicarious thrill. Now, I would say it's sadness for them. You know, it's pity for them. No, not really. I get a vicarious thrill sometimes. Perhaps maybe you do too when I see, because I'm such a perfectionist, and so I have such self-loathing at times that when I see someone else doing something wrong, I do get a vicarious thrill from that. And maybe it doesn't rise to the level of my voice Maybe it does. Sometimes it does, you know, and, uh, and then I catch them and then I feel just a little bit better about myself, right. you know. Um, so I'll just wrap up um, and, and say we don't have to strive to achieve the impossible. We're designed to be perfectly imperfect, and I'm grateful for that. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Larry Kay from Illinois. You know, I spoke too soon. It turns out we are out of time. And so Larry Kay was, in fact, our last person to share. And uh, thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service.
and thanks to Team Tuesday for the month of December went really well. The share ID number for this meeting, Tuesday, December 29th, 2020, 7 a.m. Eastern Time is 16,086. That's 16086. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Katie G. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Hey, Rebecca. Good morning. Katie G. Recovered in Boston, Mass. A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.